Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Homes.com knows having the right agent can make or break your home search. That's why they provide home shoppers with an agent directory that gives you a detailed look at each agent's experience, like the number of closed sales in a specific neighborhood, average price range, and more. It lets you easily connect with all the agents in the area you're searching so you can find the right agent with the right experience and ultimately the right home for you. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Hello and welcome to True Romance. This is Carolina Barlow. And this is Devin Leary. Devin, I want to cut the bullshit and just ask you how your week is going. Okay, so first of all, maybe check with me next time before you cut the bullshit because I wasn't ready to cut the bullshit. Oh, and now, okay. now I'm forced to cut the bullshit before I wanted to, but that's okay. Thank you for your feedback and I will try to do so next week. Yeah, just take it into consideration, like, the idea of thinking of others before yourself. But it's not, like, oh, okay. everyone has to do that. It's like there's there's enough good people in the world that can make up for the behavior of people like you. So it's fine. Oh, but right. if, if you want it. No, I'm kidding. No, I'm just joshing. I don't feel that way at all. No, I, I'm actually a bad person because this week I <laughs> participated in something I never, ever could have foreseen for myself. I, I left not even knowing who I am, because I just never thought this would happen to me. What happened was I'm doing my own little thing, which is watching true crime uh, content 24-7 because it comforts me to hear about how people kill other people and uh, con people and whatever. Especially during the holidays. I'm really running low. Like I stooped to watching the Lacey Peterson trial again. So I was looking for something new. I go to Prime. Because, again, I'm a bad person. I haven't yet given up Amazon Prime. I know I should. I know the Jeffs don't need any more money. But yet, I here I am. So um, so I get I go to Prime, and I, I'm looking at recommend, recommendations for you. I had already done my Hulu recommendations. Nothing there. Netflix, same thing. So I'm on Prime. And I see this documentary rec- recommended to me. It's called Some Sort of Address is the name of the movie. And then colon American Tragedy. So I'm thinking up my alley and then I see the description it's like something about this the story of a never before seen type of case with this maniacal doctor who like tore apart a community so of course I'm of course I'm intrigued of course I'm I'm clicking play of course that's just what 
one does. And so I'm watching it and, you know, it's a slow start. And slowly I'm like, okay, so he was an abortionist. That is the type of doctor he was. But I'm like, okay. I mean, assuming someone smart enough to make a documentary is going to be on my side of this thing. And then they're saying that this guy did, you know, really bad abortion. <laughs> this is going out wrong. Then they're they're saying that this guy committed crimes by botching abortions, basically, is the nice way to put it. The details they included were very gruesome, and I'm not going to go there because I don't think that everyone has the same taste for gruesomeness that I do. Do you think they were fact-based, or do you think it was the evangelical so is, Christian alt-right saying... Okay, don't get ahead of me. Don't get ahead of me. So... This is what I'm saying is that this is when it really it really turned for me when a cop they were interviewing said, I mean, you hear about stuff like this, but then you see it with your own eyes. And that's what I saw in that abortion clinic. And I'll never be the same. And I was like, no, 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 no. Don't take me here. Don't take me here. And it turned into a full blown pro-life anti-abortion like informational movie about the horrors of abortion. They were like interviewing these women who were like, I wish I never had one. Then they interview these and granted, yes, I should have stopped watching by now. But at this point, I sunk in cost theory. I've given some time to this and I already have committed the, the crime of now that, that I've, you know, benefited this person who made this documentary. So I'm like, whatever I'm in, I'm in, I'm going to see what happens. And then they're full-blown interviewing people who used to work at Planned Parenthood, talking about how Planned Parenthood is actually an evil place. And they they think, and all of them were saying, like, I'm not saying it's all bad, but when I worked at Planned Parenthood, there was, you know, I don't even want to say the things they said. It was crazy. They were like, when I worked at Planned Parenthood, they did murder babies. But I'm not saying everyone murders babies, but that's what I saw. And all I'm saying is just think about it. And I was like, how am I here who am I? What who what am I? What is this? And then I decided they got a point. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh god. I think that there is so much active propaganda because these people really do believe that. So they are ruthless in terms yes. of spreading false information because they think they're saving lives instead of um cells. I mean, I was like, at least it's just kind of fascinating to see what the other side actually thinks. And I think this guy was, I mean, I don't even know how I feel about the guy. They didn't really provide any real information, so it's hard to say. But he's in jail. And it just was, you know what? It was a lesson because you have to be careful with your true crime picks. And you can't just throw on just any American tragedy that you come across in your suggestions. Especially if it's not an American tragedy and it's just women receiving health care. I really think it's fascinating how many people have an opinion about this without doing any research. Like you just, I think that's the problem. You really have to protect your brain and say, why do I think this? I've mm -hmm. learned a lot that way. I'm speaking for myself too. There was things I thought, I'll use healthcare as an example. I thought universal healthcare was a crazy radical position that we could not pay for until I learned more information about it. And I was like, I'm actually completely wrong. And- by opposing this, I'm saying that some people, because they don't have enough money, will not receive health care, and that's fine, which absolutely isn't. So 
what I'm saying is that don't watch movies based on lies. Okay, so that was I'm my... not directing that at you. I'm directing no, no, no. that as at, at humans. No, I mean, listen, we all watch movies based on lies. We we watch movies about, you know, like a ghost. dog, a ghost, a dog that talks. Um Airbud. If you're speaking about Airbud, that's actually a documentary. No, I was speaking about the movie Up, which all I remember from it, even though I remember like it was really sad, but mostly I remember the dog named Doug. Um my one of my favorite memories is me and my grandfather watching Airbud. Sorry to um hijack the conversation and direct it back towards Airbud. But me and my grandfather were watching Airbud, and at one point, Airbud's original owner finds out that he can play football and wants him back to make money off of him. And the little kid who had found Airbud, I don't know, like tied to a dumpster or something like that in a box and rescued him and taught him football, they go to court. To like uh, against each other to mm -hmm. try to get custody of the dog, and my grandfather is watching it with me, and he's like, "God damn it! Just say that you looked for its owner, you couldn't find it, and that's because the owner didn't care about him." Okay? He was that like really was the frustrated. Part he had a problem with yeah, that, and he was that like, was where he was on, like, "This, this is, is not clear. realistic." And he was like trying to give the kid pointers. He's like, "Come on, be clear. That's how you get the dog back." If I had a dog that literally flew in the air to dunk basketballs i it's crazy to think that i would enter into a litigation without preparing all my facts but that's just me um how was your week carolina i am trying to complain less i complain oh, okay. a lot <laughs> i'm i'm putting that as a disclaimer before i get into complaining no okay. i just realized that i can find ways to complain about anything i'm tired i have to tell someone about it I'm hungry. I have to tell someone about it. Mm -hmm. I um, don't have enough time to watch five episodes of Law and Order Criminal Intent. That's not okay. And it's so not. I'm here to tell I you it's not. <laughs> really need to just stop complaining. And I don't know how I'm going to do that. And um, at the same time, I'm very excited for Christmas to come up. It's one of my favorite holidays. Yeah, I know you have um, intense obsession, an intense obsession with it. Yes, and I'm, I'm so I'm even happier for you. But I am ready to relax and um, say I'm going to read, but not read that much. Well, I think the complaining thing is good because I struggle so so much with it, and um. I feel like I've I've made it a point to try to work on it, but um, it's so hard. Like, I've been doing it for thirty years. Why do I feel? Why do I feel a need to make a bad situation worse by constantly saying how bad it is? Like, I don't get where that comes from in me. But if I have to wait in a line with people, waiting in line for a trendy restaurant, waiting in line for a cronut or a coffee shop, it's crazy loco loco to me. I like, did wait in line for a cronut and then they ran out by the time I got there. And I was like, I literally was like, all right, fine. I'll take three of those, two of those, four of those, five of those and brought back like a giant bag for my family. And I was like, I just spent I'm not happy so much money on this. I don't know why. And here you go. And they were like, donuts don't are dessert food. Donuts are dessert food. How can you eat a donut in the morning? Well, you can eat them any time of day. And bagels are a possible lunch food. 
Mm-hmm. And cereal, you can eat in bed before you go to sleep. Okay, those are my opinions. Just like universal healthcare, they may seem radical, but we really have to look and investigate more. I would love to get to our guest today because I'm very excited. As would I, as would I. Okay, so listeners, you're welcome because we have a guest today who is not only a friend, a good friend, I will say, I will dare to say it. She is also a comedian and a podcaster. You may know her from one of her pods, either Whitey Puzzleman's Crossword Hour or Fitless. She's also a good friend of mine and not of Carolina's. Welcome to the pod, Bianca Bianca Brady. Brady. Hi, thank you for having me. What an honor. Thank you so much for coming on the pod. We are so honored. My pleasure. So Um, please tell us a little bit about your podcast before we jump in. Okay. So Fitless was a show that I did for about a year. And it was about uh, exercise classes um, and exercise and how hard it is to do it and how Mm -hmm. it kind of feels bad and sucks. But Mm -hmm. then also you feel like you have to. So I would go to a class with a guest or do a workout with a guest and then we would talk about it. Mm -hmm. So so as you might imagine, that is a lot of production. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is that's like, a huge commitment. That's a big commitment. Not only do you have to schedule two outings a week, but you also have to exercise. And wow. so after about a year of that, I was like, this is a great journey. Thank you. <laughs> you know, let me close <laughs> the book on this night. chapter. Yeah. Let me do something that's a little bit less work. So of course, being me, my less work Thing was to make a podcast about doing the New York Times crossword puzzle every single day and mm-hmm. talking about each puzzle uh, with my absolutely genius co-host, Olivia Shepson. Check her out. She's the best. So turns out that's a lot of work, too, to do <laughs> the crossword puzzle every single day. This is a crazy amount of work. Yeah. Make notes about every single puzzle. And always finish the puzzle and be obsessive about the puzzle. So do you give yourself internet searches? Do you allow internet searches? I will Google very rarely, um, but I try not to Google the answer. I try to Google the information because, of course, there are sites out there where it's like one across today is baloney. And you can just put that in. Someone does that? What's the clue for that? (laughs) it's round and pink lunch meat that's fake you know or whatever anyway so we're on hiatus from that again it's a hard thing I know I'm like meanwhile Caroline and I are like I guess I'll talk about my ex-boyfriend again I guess I'll talk about uh, do I have more to say yeah I think so (laughs) I want to say I've tried the New York Times uh, crossword maybe three or four times and since it takes me forever to get one or two I just get depressed and give up that being said if I find a crossword puzzle in the back of say people magazine I'm like oh start your engines folks it's (laughs) on and popping yeah Yeah. I've become totally obsessed and I have like a multi-year streak of doing it every day but there's a lot going on for me right now which I think we're gonna get to so the pod is on hiatus but we're hopefully gonna come back you know back and better than ever 
But to all the Whitey Puzzleman fans who are undoubtedly listening to this right now, <laughs> I just want to shout you guys out and say thank you so much and we'll be back and peace and love as Ringo Starr uh, once famously said. Peace wow. Yeah. I haven't heard that quote before, but I am I am going to put that over some pink background and then quote it anonymous and then DM it to Khloe Kardashian for her stories. I think it's profoundly moving. Okay, I just want to say that I hate the New York... I love the New York Times crossword, but I hate the clues that are like, bottle of grapes, question mark? And I'm like, okay, well, what's the bit? Like, how am I supposed to guess when I don't know what the bit is? They'll be like, it's a lightning in a bottle? Like, <laughs> we have what? a whole... A whole thing about the question mark clues on the show. We talk about it all the time because I'm always, I'm easily amused by them. And Olivia (laughs) is like, that's not fucking funny, dude. Like, she's like, what? Shut up. (laughs) No, I know. I, some of them are funny, but yeah. But also my other pet peeve is when it's, when you start to get the theme and you're like, wait, it's golf. I know nothing about like I'm just this the odds are against me because they'll be like like 29 across famous PGA and I'm like pretty sure scaled oh golf association (laughs) we're like pretty sure it's Tiger Woods (laughs) yeah I'm like Woods 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 Arnold Palmer uh Devin can you tell us a little bit about how you and Bianca met oh sure I lived a couple years ago at an apartment that I think someone else maybe referred to it as this, as like the sisterhood of the traveling apartment type of thing, where it's just this apartment that a bunch of women have lived at in their formative years in Brooklyn. Um, So I moved in there after a woman who'd been there for many years moved out. And with our friends, Tess Sitzman and Nora Pajanski, And when I lived there, there was always like this revolving door of women coming in and out of the apartment. And I just assumed all of them had lived there at one point. So I don't know if you lived there, Bianca, but I just was like, oh, Bianca probably lived here. (laughs) No, I never did. I'm an (laughs) outlier. You were a part of the the personality of the apartment um, to me because I would come home and you would be on the couch with Nora and it would just be a gift and I would sit with you guys and chat and I, in that process, was gifted again with your theory of pointy plain, pointy round weird. (laughs) So... I would like you to explain this to our listeners because this wasn't another like random weekend night or something that I came home. Bianca was on the couch with Nora saying like, what's her name? Ellen Pompeo is pointy round or something. And I was like, "Mm, color me intrigued. What? And you then explained to me this theology. Yeah. So a paradigm that I invented while watching the Oscars at that apartment with Nora. And let me just say, this is how I make most of my friends is that I just am in their homes and then they come home and they talk to me. So that's like a part of my deal. 
that's part of your process. Yeah. Check me out in your living room if you want to like hang out. So <laughs> pointy, weird, round plane. I was like, you know what, Nora? I think that all women's faces, and this is not, there's no negative connotation or no judgment. You're either pointy or round and you're either weird or plain. Me, myself, I am a round weird. Okay. And Devin, I would say that you are a pointy plain. Okay. In Carolina, I can't judge because I have not seen you in person. But I would say, you know what? Maybe a round plain, even. Yeah. I have a round face. Yeah. So essentially, you look at a woman and you say, hmm, what are her two qualities? Is she pointy or round? Is she weird or plain? And you could watch the Academy Awards and just pick out, you know, who's a fa- who's the most famous round plane. I would say Scarlett Johansson, mm, who's wow. the most famous pointy weird. I would say Hillary Swank. Wow. I think a lot of celebs are round planes or pointy planes. And I, I think, well, I, I figured this out because I was like, you know who I think is the most beautiful woman alive? Rooney Mara. And everyone right. was like, wait, why? And I was like, because she's pointy and she's plain. And as a round weird, I seek to be the opposite of what I am. Right. And so I'm attracted to pointy planes. I yes. love pointy planes. I see them and I'm like, wow, imagine being so pointy. And so plain. I have to ask a question. When you say plain and weird, what does that really mean? You know, it's a vibe. And um, (laughs) (laughs) thank you for the question. And and that is what journalism is all about. And I do appreciate that. (laughs) But, But it's simply a vibe. For me, it's like Selma Hayek is around weird. She's very beautiful. But I love Rooney Mara, who is a pointy plane. Right. You know what I mean? I I I love this game. I really do not. I do not know how to play it. Okay. So all you have to know is you look like Scarlett Johansson. That's what we've basically well, said. Well, yeah, I actually already knew that before we played this game. But I am but I would say that Rooney Mara is weird. Oh, her personality is weird. But her face is pointy <laughs> and it doesn't work on men so don't even try it i won't oh, they don't deserve this game. men can either be bros or shrimps it's a binary thank you for that philosophy yeah no everybody listening take it into your homes it's actually like a great game to play during quarantine you're on a zoom call with your college friends you know you could should yeah. do a screen share bring up a Google image search of the celebrity in question and everyone goes like no that she's a pointy plane no she's a round plane no and then there's a a rare occasion where somebody could be a rare square it's only happened once with who (sighs) some reality star whose name I forget but I was like she might be a rare square anyway I'm I'm the final arbiter, so I'll give anyone my phone number if they don't know, they want to text me what is, you know, 
Jennifer Gardner. I can't decide. And I'll be like pointy weird, you know? Oh, my God. I'm trying so hard to think who the reality star is who's square, but I don't know. She was like a property brother's Oh, I don't get into or something. Every once in a while, I go into the living room and my mom's watching HGTV and she tries to explain the show to me. And I like every once in a while, I get into it if like there's a couple that's fighting. But overall, it loses me. Yeah. We're going to have to take a quick ad break and then we're going to talk more with our beautiful around weird Bianca. I want true Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. And we're back with True Romance, joined by the amazing Bianca and also some other people. Okay, so let's move into a little bit of a different topic, ladies. And I'm going to start that with 
a statement that I hope that you'll think is fair, Bianca, which is that, as the kids say, the struggle has been real for you as of late. Yeah, my life is fucked up. <laughs> um, I'm so sorry. It is. It, it is, but it's going to be fine, I think. Um, I, about a year ago, a little more than a year ago, uh, I got diagnosed with cancer, uh, leukemia, which I like to call the kooky lukey. So that's what I have. I've been dealing with it for a year plus, so since October 2019, trying various different uh, therapies and uh, oral chemotherapy treatments, but nothing is really working. So I'm actually going to have a bone marrow or also known as a stem cell transplant, and that should be coming up within the next couple months. So that should nip it in the butt. Wow. Did you have to wait on a list for the bone marrow transplant? No, actually, um, there's this really cool thing called Be The Match. It's a, a registry that anyone can sign up for where they like send you a special Q-tip in the mail and you swab your mouth and send it back. And then you could donate your bone marrow if you end up being a match for someone. But they also are able to use stem cells from umbilical cords. Oh, wow. So when a woman gives birth, she could donate her umbilical cord and it goes into a cord blood bank and is frozen and you can be matched to those cords. So that's actually what my transplant is going to be from is cord blood. Wow. So I'm going to be a baby again. I'm going to name my hardcore band that. Cord Blood. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's cool. So, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty amazing. I mean, I always, I'm like, who the heck thought of this, you know? Mm -hmm. And why? And it seems fucked up of them to even think of it, but I'm glad they did, you know? Isn't yeah. it? And, and we'll get into this too, but I've had very different health problems as well. And something that's always comforted me is that um, the people on the other side who are helping me deal with it are at least 10 times smarter than me. Like 10 times as generous. Um, like the doctors and scientists and surgeons who have been working on this, like do not have time for the pointy weird round plane conversation. And thank God, you know, like I remember one of my doctors saying that he spent five hours that morning researching my case. And I was like, I have not spent five hours on anything productive in my life. So thank you so much. So I know what you mean where I'm like, wait, how did you think of like using knee cartilage to help someone with their bone problem? You know what? I don't want to know. Thank you for doing it. <laughs> it's sort of like how every time I drive over a bridge, I'm like. Thank God someone can do this kind of math. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because otherwise we'd never get anywhere. Yeah. It's up to people like me. I know. I think about that with everything. I'm like, every, every, I think 90% of situations on planet Earth I am not equipped for. 
Um, so when did you find out about your diagnosis and what was that experience like? If you don't mind us asking. And if anything is like, you're like, I just don't want to talk about this anymore. I've talked about it nonstop. Then happy to talk about it and happy to tell you when I don't want to. Um, Great. But I was just feeling kind of like tired. And I was honestly, the biggest symptom was that I was so bloated all the time. I was like, what am I eating that is even making this happen? And I couldn't figure it out. I was like tired walking up the street. And so I thought, well, I must just be really out of shape. And I made a bunch of scheduled a bunch of sessions with a personal trainer. And I was like, I'm really going to just get in there and crush and just get a routine going because I want I feel so weak and I want to feel stronger again. Anyway, I had a couple sessions, almost fainted in both of them, had to sit down in drink water. It was very embarrassing at the time. So I just scheduled a physical because I was like, maybe I have like some sort of a gluten allergy or something. Right. And anyway, it's been a while and sis boomba, whatever. So I go in some random doc I found on the internet and then they do blood work. This was on a Thursday. And then I go to work on Friday, normal. And they call me and I don't pick up because I don't know the number. And then they call me like three more times. So I finally pick up and it's the doctor. And she says, I have to go to the emergency room right now. You know, like leave where you are and go there. Oh, my God. Um, Because your white blood cell count is supposed to be between like four and 10,000. And mine was 365,000. So that's that's too many. (laughs) Oh, oops. So I was in the hospital for like five days. They do a bone marrow biopsy, which is very metal, where they take a piece of your ass bone. And what? Yeah. They like right above your butt crack, there's like a bony coccyx. It's the iliac crest. Oh, okay. Sorry. Excuse me. And they take a giant needle and they shove it into your bone and then they suck out some of the bone marrow and then they go like, and you could hear them taking a little bit of your bone. And it was very ouch. Um, But yeah, the diagnosis was CML, which the doctors at the time were like, oh, this is like the good kind. This is like the common cold of cancer. Nobody is even going to notice. In a year, we'll be laughing about this. All you do is take this pill. It's amazing. And that, and those pills do work for the majority of people who have CML, but not for me. So it's just been a lot of like up and down. And anyway, the, the bloating plot twist was not bloating at all. It was an enlarged spleen. Wow. Because your spleen filters your blood. And since my blood was all fucked up, my spleen was like, hello. (laughs) There's a lot in my liver was enlarged too. See, this is something that I think must be extremely frustrating 
And correct me if I'm wrong, but what you just described of them saying it's the good kind and like when people are like, well, you're actually really lucky. Well, it could have been so much worse. That seems like something that would just enrage me because it's like, um, I have cancer. <laughs> like, You know what I mean? Like I or none of this could be happening. That's so you're like, OK, thanks. Right. Like, actually, it's just like the common cold. What? And you don't want to be like, oh, good. Right. <laughs> that's one of the things that's one of the things I wanted to ask you. I mean, I think so many people want to know how to help their friends and loved ones like going through. Yes. Really anything but any kind of health thing. And I think it's actually impressive how many terrible things people say without realizing it. Yes. I think it's actually amazing. Like sometimes people would say stuff like that, like, wow, you are so lucky that this wasn't worse. And I'm like, well, um, lucky is a weird word. Or uh, I don't know, for me, sometimes people would just want more and more detail. And I would literally get exhausted being like, I mean, I say this while you're giving us so much detail, but <laughs> I would be like, I mean, but I guess what I mean is people who I didn't know that well and so I would be like, I don't really want to um, necessarily go there. Right. I was in a car accident and I remember one of the, these doctors who was amazing, but once right before surgery, he was like, you have to tell me everything that happened later. And I was like, I'm totally drugged. And I just looked at my mom and I was like, why did he say that? Like, this is Aww. not something I want to necessarily relive. Yeah. So I'm wondering like, what were things that people said that really helped you? Yeah, I think for the most part, like the it's a hard balance because you do emotionally want people to acknowledge that something's going on. A yeah. lot of times people will just be like, oh, well, it's it's fine because, you know, you probably don't want to talk about it. So I'm right. not even going to. And they and they're like, I'm doing the right thing. Well, not we won't talk right. about it. And so that's a little awkward. But then the other side of that coin is when people are like, okay, so when are you going to your next appointment? And what are the what did the lab results say? And what did the doctor say? And that it and then just making you recite all the facts over and over again. So I think probably the best place to start sounds pretty basic, but it's like how how are you feeling? Like, yeah, I was sorry to hear about that. Hope you're doing okay. And then just letting the person give you as much or as little as they want. It's sort Definitely. of like if somebody has a loss in their family, I mean, it's, it's grief in the same way where it's yes. like, I want to acknowledge that you have an outsized major drama happening, but I don't want to scoop your insides out with my hand. So, right. you know, yeah. like I'm here if you want to talk, but. Yeah, I, I had a couple of instances that I found really weird. And I, I want to say also like some people I did not know very well at all reached out and said things that really helped. Like one guy said, you know, I he didn't detail it, but he said, I have been through really hard things like this. And I just want you to know that there is another side and. And that really helped me, just someone, you know, sharing roughly their experience and, and trying to give me hope. Um, 
On the other side, I remember once this girl eating a salad. Uh, she was a coworker at the time, and she was eating a salad, and she wasn't even like really looking at me, and she was just like, "Damn, girl, that must be rough, huh?" And I was like, "Yeah, I mean, thank you for your obvious care and concern and sensitivity. Um, mm. I would prefer that kind of like casual, like shit. Uh, what are you gonna do if um it was about?" <laughs> me losing a package but <laughs> just to say oh, yeah. there's something very disrespectful about salad just as a food just in general it just yeah it's like just even when i eat a salad i feel guilty yeah i feel guilty when i do it i like a salad that feels like a casserole like i'm like put enough stuff in it that it feels um like a full uh meal that could also be lasagna I was at Sundance and this agent came up to me and his face was so full of concern. And he was like, oh, my God, how are you doing? Are you in physical therapy? And, you know, again, I sometimes don't like going to detail about it, but I at least was like, well, uh, yeah, it's been really hard. And then he saw someone over my shoulder and was like, buddy, hey, what's going on? And walked right past me. And again, I was I didn't have any friends there, really. And I was just like, what just happened so i guess like what i'm saying is in an age where there's a lack of attention in general it really helps me when really people just like without being too self-centered were like how are you doing and yeah i mean devin was really helpful during that time and a lot of what she did was just listen and just like keep going like that must be really hard and saying things like, I, you should, you know, always feel welcome to tell me more when I'd be like, sorry, I don't want to keep going on about this. I was just going to say, I do think you have to really emotionally prepare for people to say some stupid stuff to you. Definitely. My boss, after I got diagnosed, my literal boss was like, I once got bit by a dog and have to have, had to have surgery on my hand. So I totally get what you're going through. That is so funny. Once someone told me that they um, sometimes had allergies with their throat. No, no. And no. I was like, yeah, I mean, I guess pain is relative sometimes. Yeah. Um, I think that one of the most things, one of the things that's been most helpful to me as a person in general is actually our friend Beth sent me this video when we were younger because I was complaining about how it annoyed me that my boyfriend at the time would always be like, gotta look on the bright side, like with every single thing. And sometimes I would be like, you know what? I'm just actually complaining about work and I just want to vent about it. And I don't want to think about the bright side right now. But she sent me this video that was like some kind of human resources, like training video for employees. And it was about it was about how the um, silver linings method has been proven not to work. Like the the response of like, no, 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 but like everything's amazing for you, actually. Or like, no, 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 it's not that bad. No, 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 you're so lucky. You're so like, you know, you should be grateful and all, all that stuff. Like it feels like the right thing to say because what I think when people say it or when I have said it, it's like I'm wanting to say like, no, let me take your thing away. It's not that bad. But it actually feels invalidating because you're like, oh, I just told you something I'm struggling with and you said it's not bad at all. And then you're, it's like not effective. Um, 
So there's so many things as an adult that I've been like, oh, I there's no way I would have any idea what that feels like. So why am I trying to say that it should feel any certain type of way? So that helped me as a friend, I think. Yeah, I think when somebody says, well, you know, at least you have a great support right. system. At least you have this. At least you have that. It's like, okay, well, now I feel guilty on top of feeling (laughs) like shitty. Right. So cool. Yeah. No, great. Thanks. (laughs) Or like, you know, I'm 32 and finding out because of all this, you know, probably not going to be able to have children via my own body and people being like, well, there are a lot of ways to become a parent. And it's like, I know. That's not what I'm talking about, though. (laughs) Right. Yeah, I'm actually talking about pain. And I think people giving me room to hold that gives me room to hold that, if that makes sense. Yeah. But people are so scared of pain and discomfort. They're so... And just even having somebody willing to say, like, I'm going to sit in this with you even just for five minutes or for the two sentences that we exchange, I'm going to give you my willingness to be uncomfortable, I think, as a, yes. is a gift. So rather than panicking and trying to take whatever person's pain away, whatever it may be, just giving them the gift of feeling it with them for even two seconds will probably make them feel better. I think that's such a good point. And I think also people are afraid of how random life is and how random the world is. And so random (laughs) and and nonsensical. That doesn't make sense. You know, people who are really good people getting sick. I would rather think of like Mitch McConnell should be going through what you're going through, you know, like, Uh, That would make more sense to me. Someone who's inflicted a lot of pain and prevented a lot of people from uh, having health care. Like, is that what karma should be or something? And so when anyone tried to make my situation make sense or or try to construct a narrative around it, I guess I would want to be like, no, this is crazy. And I'm not going to say, you know, uh, I'm not going to think of anything that is why I deserved this at least not yet you know or or I guess I know I didn't deserve it but I I guess what I mean is I'm not gonna try to apply logic to this because it will make me insane but I think it freaks people out um the idea that life can change in in a in a phone call or in a second yeah and I I think I sort of had a uh a crash course in dealing with this type of thing over the past few years, like just randomly a lot of sort of bad stuff happened all in a row. I got hit by a car a block away from my house. Oh my God. A Domino's delivery guy, but I was fine pretty much. Mm, There was a fire in my apartment building and I was like displaced for like six months couch surfing. There were like a few people close to me who died all and then this and it's just it's so easy to kind of slip into this thing this like fearful you know why 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 always me why me thing yeah but for me I think the most valuable coping strategy has just been 
you know, just trying to keep it light with those, especially with those people who it's not worth your time to like educate on how best right. to deal with me, you know? Yeah. I think that there, I don't know how you ex- experience that, but I feel like that sounds like a lot of trauma. And I know that my PTSD looks like, and what I've read about PTSD, there was an example they gave uh, children who experienced trauma. Um, they asked them to draw a picture and then they asked what happens next. And almost unanimously, a bad thing happened next. You know, they draw a house and the next thing is the house is on fire. Um, and so I predicted everything that I thought was going to happen. I predicted a nightmare. And I think because I wanted to prepare myself for it because. And I, I just know for me that feeling is exhausting <laughs> to prepare for an awful thing to happen. So I think I don't know your experience, but I feel like that added a layer of like. Yeah, I actually had like a PTSD, I don't know, flare about a week after the fire in my building. I was living in a friend's apartment while she was on vacation that was like nearby. And on that street, there was like this horrible car accident randomly. Just this woman ran a red light and killed a few people, uh, a couple kids. I think I remember, I remember reading about that. Yeah. And Park Slope. And I was staying like a block away from where that happened when it happened. And I remember calling my mom crying and being like, it's because I'm near this place. That's why it happened because I am cursed and I bring, (laughs) I bring death and destruction wherever I go because a neighbor in my building had actually died in the fire. And I had seen that I'd seen his, you know, them pull him out of the building. And, and I mean, it was truly very traumatizing. Yeah. So I had to talk whenever I feel that way, I have to call like my mom or my friend or my therapist and be like, it's not because of me, right. That like California is burning. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I totally know what you're talking about. I think I even said it to my boyfriend at the time. I said, I'm bad luck. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. And he was like, what? And I just truly believed that. I was like, well, wherever I go, something terrible happens. Exactly. It's a weird feeling. Yeah. Um, How do you think your take on dating and love has changed? I I know for me, I I sort of have a before and an after in my life, you know? So it's like, oh, that was when life was super simple compared to now, you know? I think the way I would characterize it would be that I feel like I'm about 150 years old. (laughs) When I'm, yes, you know what I mean? Like I'm 32 and I am a nice cute fun gal i think hilarious you are this is true i wasn't saying like hilarious that you think that i meant you are hilarious <laughs> yeah no totally bianca totally totally <laughs> um sure okay you guys are crazy <laughs> <laughs> but i just feel like ancient when i'm on a dating app and i'm trying to like text about i don't know what do you talk about oh lol how's your pandy You've been doing <laughs> Zoom, like... You've been doing Zooms? Cool. 
She said Zoom, but Zeus is really funny. I said Zoom. Oh, okay. Wait, you thought I said Zeus? <laughs> Zeus. Like, You've been you doing Zeus? Oh, cool. I've been you going to hit a zoo. zoo together? And then it's like, oh, well, me personally, yeah, I'm just gearing up for a bone marrow transplant. You know, it's like right. you can't. There's nothing casual about my life right now. So right. It, right. there's no such thing as small talk for me. Yes. Right. If I'm doing small talk, it's only because the person I'm talking to doesn't know what's going on with me. And if the person right. I'm talking to doesn't know what's going on with me, there's no hope of, you know, making an actual connection. So, right, yeah. you know, I've, I have no idea post-transplant what dating will be like. Hopefully I'll get back out there. But for now, it feels like such a distant even possibility. You know, I've been right. single for quite a while and I'm going through, I mean, I'm going through this with the help of my mom and my family right. and my friends, but I don't have a partner helping me through this. So it's going to be interesting to see like if I will, and I've, I've been pretty closed off in that department too because of previous situations, but yes, it's going to be interesting to see like in what ways I can and will be able to open up in the future and allow for somebody else to like part, like uh, the idea of partnership or companionship is so foreign to me right now because I do feel like a little me against the world yeah. feeling, you know? Yeah. Uh, and we're going to take one more commercial break and we'll be right back. I want you. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. 
Well, I don't know about you, but like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. And we're back with Bianca. Were you single when you found out? And have you been in any, like, situationships or or relations since then? Because it's been over a year, right? Yeah. I was single when I found out. I had been sort of casually dating someone. And it was like a mutual ghosting that was totally fine with me. Um, And then I found out. And then in the meantime, I had like one thing with somebody I knew from high school. Ooh. So I told him about it like during the date. Yeah. Which was a little weird. And that was... On March 13th, like the day that New York City shut down. Oh, my God. <laughs> and so then, since then, it's been pretty, pretty barren. A right, barren right. landscape. Yeah. I think that there is no framework for it because I don't see it talked about a lot in terms of how a diagnosis of any kind affects dating and like you said it's one of those things where dating is casual and how do you bring up something that's not casual not that it's in any way comparable but I think maybe it's similar to like if you have a kid and you don't know if you say like on the first date and it's shocking how the only depictions we see of this are like so super dramatized in TV the walk and- to remember fault in our stars <laughs> model. Oh, so yes. much like tr- Where my it's like, story. I have to tell you a secret, but I can't because you're not going to love me anymore. Like, yeah, like, like let's go to like- Anne Frank's house for whatever <laughs> reason. Like, what is happening? Wait, is that a part of the story? In the fault in their stars. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't actually seen it, but I'm upset. And I saw this thing. (laughs) All I saw was, yeah, the trailers with like Shailene Woodley and it and um, them like lying upward, upwards and downwards, which even that in itself, like who lies with your faces next to each other in the grass? Disgusting. Talk about COVID in your eyes. If I saw someone do that in Central Park, I would throw an egg at them. I would throw a hard boiled egg at them and watch it bounce off both of their foreheads back and forth. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, I saw that movie and even and that was pre-cancer diagnosis. And even then I was like, come on, guys, you know, and also I think being in this age group with and maybe any chronic illness, I think, but especially cancer, the young adult with cancer thing, it's like the lost age group, you know, kids right. with cancer are very popular, you know, right. the Jimmy Fund. They're getting a lot yes, of the, the Jimmy Fund. They're getting a lot of makes a wish. You know, they're yes. doing meeting Shaquille O'Neal or whatever, yes. whatever the case may be. You know, Drake is FaceTiming them in their room. Right. Whatever. 
And then the elderly, you know, are surrounded by their friends and family and all their grandkids and they have time to say goodbye and, oh, a life well lived, da-da-da. And then meanwhile, and I'm in a young adults with cancer support group. Oh, wow. And it's like me and friggin' Jesse and, you know, this other guy who just got married. It's just like a bunch of jamokes, you know? <laughs> like, we're not, you don't become all of a sudden like a virtuous, wise. Of course not. So yeah. it's just, it's such a strange thing in, in pop culture. The whole walk to remember thing. I, I, I can't, I can't relate to it at all. I think that's what, <laughs> it's so funny. Like, I think the idea of a savior is not as appealing as I thought it would be. Right. Like, of course, I, I love the idea of having a partner, but I also just want someone to be quiet next to right. me. <laughs> and... <laughs> I don't know anyone who really wants to do that. And more than anything, though, I would rather just have a lot of money. <laughs> like, I fantasize more so about having a lot of money than I do a boyfriend right now. And I think that's because, as we were saying, like, money just makes things like this easier. Like, I would rather have money to pay, as I did, for endless lifts because I couldn't drive. Or, you know, endless uh, random creams that could help with my scars. Or, you know... uh rent so I could spend time just relaxing and not worrying about anything. So <laughs> a walk to remember, I guess what I'm saying works for me more if um, Shane West is like Daddy Warbucks and just takes care of all of my needs while I can hang out and listen to Christian music or ever what Mandy Moore wants to do. Yeah. It's very it that but that piece of it too and I haven't talked about this before now but I just will dive in the the financial piece is very complicated as well because like you know I have a steady job that I can do remotely and they're willing to give me uh the time off that I need to have this like insane procedure I have a support system. Like I have so much privilege, especially in the medical landscape where, you know, people of color and people who aren't native English speakers, like I don't know how advocating for yourself as a cis, straight, white, privileged lady is hard enough. So, you know, just rec and my support system is amazing. My fam, my my mom is moving in with me in Brooklyn, leaving her literal home to live. That's what my mom did. And it was very helpful. It's like unbelievable. But, you know, there's still money panic a little bit and being like, oh, how am I going to, how am I going to finagle this? You know, like right, I don't have course. a lot of money. And then my aunts go and do a GoFundMe for me without telling me about it or asking me about it or even telling my mom or my stepdad about it. Wow. I I saw that go me. I didn't know that's you didn't crazy know on behavior. It was a fully unsanctioned aunt like just wiling, you know, aunts just going crazy. So that was a complicated feeling. Yes, and I'm sure. And at the end of the day, oh my God, I'm like stunned at how I I can't believe how lucky I am. You know, like 
And I can't believe how much support I have. And I do feel just so insanely grateful for them for doing it. But I would never have said, yeah, let's do it. And that's mm-hmm. exactly why they did it because right. they know that I wouldn't, you know, and she, she knows me. She's like, we have to do it behind her back. There's right. no other way. <laughs> Were these Worcester aunts? Oh yeah. I love, I love the Worcester aunts. They are always showing up in the most unexpected ways. Yeah. Auntie Lynn and Auntie Susan, huge shout out to those. Huge shout out. And I even was texting with my auntie Lynn um, about it the other day. And she texted me back, you know, you don't have to keep thanking me. Okay. <laughs> I love That's that. So sweet. Oh, sorry. Jeez. <laughs> that is Devin, so sweet. My family and Devin have been really helpful that way where I thank my mom all the time for stuff she does. And I thank my sister all the time. And they're like, yeah, of course. Well, because it's crazy, like, I was going to say this before, but Carolina will say, like, work's been hard. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry I've been complaining so much. Sorry. And I'm like, wait, what? Or so I'll, I would, like, give her a ride. We lived 10 minutes drive away from each other in L.A., which is, like, nothing in L.A. And I would give her a ride once. And she'd be like, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? It's nothing. Come on. I don't know how you feel, but I feel like asking for help is like, and it sounds like with the whole GoFundMe situation, you're similar where I'm like, no, I would rather suffer through it alone. <laughs> and and obviously when people do offer me help, I'm like, wow, that was so much easier than me, you know, being in a really smelly lift where the person put 18, uh, what's it called? Scent. Glade diffusers. Glade, they put 18 Glade diffusers in it and I'm like choking or else, you know, <laughs> blew up farts the whole time. Oh, God. And I'm like, farts. <laughs> that, that was the ride with me, actually. That wasn't an Uber. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> wait, so I also just want to give another shout out to your aunts that they chose such a good picture for the GoFundMe. I was like, I thought I thought it was maybe you that made it just just because of the picture. I was like, this is an insanely cool picture, and it's clearly like professionally done. And what a great pick! And shout out to my friend Bill Wadman at Bill Wadman, great photographer who took that oh. picture. Even though you should have asked Devin to make a collage because her Photoshop skills from years of making, I'm assuming from years of making pony and dog collages on my Microsoft Word, yeah, are pretty amazing. (laughs) Part of asking for help is like, I I feel like, you know, I'm a little bit of a control freak, codependent, you know, pleaser kind of type. Yes. And so not asking for help is really just about attempting to control the narrative or control, like, have any little ounce of control over what's happening, you know? I felt guilty for not responding to like emails or texts while being in like monumental pain. <laughs> it was like, I think I can take a break. I'm could, still working full time. And I'm like, I can't, I can't let them down. <laughs> <laughs> my sister would like take away my phone because I would literally like throw up while looking at it. But, um, but yeah, I felt weird to just um, not think about that. Like admit defeat. 
you know? Yeah, exactly. Be like, oh, yes, I'm cancer person now. So. Right. Right. I didn't want. Can't do anything. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) I was very scared of pity. Like any sort of pity made me really angry because I didn't want, like you said, that to be my story. And I think especially like the first few months home, I really pushed myself much harder than I should to get back to normal. Like I was like, all right, yeah, we're getting back to work. No, I'm fine. I'm fine. And this is like, while I literally am taking five minute walks every day to try to get some sunshine. And that is like extremely hard or like, you know, I was on pain meds that made me like sweat (laughs) profusely. So I would be in meetings and afterwards just be quiet for the rest of the day. Cause I was like, that was extremely hard. I didn't want to face the grief that things were going to be really hard and that that the easy part of my life um, might be gone. I hope you guys saw it by the title, but this is a part one episode of two episodes. There is a sequel to come where we will go more into dating when you have a fucked up body and... We will also hear about the craziest breakup story of all time. Please stay tuned. Instagram screenshots are included. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Looking for a fabulous fashion brand that celebrates you? Then look no further than Boston Proper, where styles are designed with you in mind, so you can look and feel amazing, no matter the day, season, or occasion. At bostonproper.com, you'll find fashion that knows you best. For over 30 years, Boston Proper has been the fashion destination for confident women who want to elevate their look with unique, sophisticated clothing at affordable prices. Visit bostonproper.com today. Boston Proper. Wear it like no one else.